On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Performance Anxiety. This week's show features the Rayo Brothers. Don't call them country, don't call them folk, they're Americana. And brothers Dan and Jesse Rayo come from a family that's steeped in Louisiana musical tradition. They talk about how they got started in music and some of the interesting covers that they've played and some of the weird traditions they have when ending a set, like shirtless chest bumps. But these guys are great. They play some really amazing, fun music. Give them a listen. And don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Performance ANX. Check out our storefront at performanceanx.threadless.com. And don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to us. Thanks a lot, and enjoy the Rayo Brothers on Performance Anxiety. Hi, this is Jesse Rayo with the Rayo Brothers, and you're listening to the Performance Anxiety Podcast. So what were the first instruments you learned to play? Uh, so, yeah, we grew up, I guess we probably both started with guitar. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, I started with piano. That was the first instrument I learned, I guess, officially. My mom taught me a little bit. And then um, then I started taking lessons for a couple of years. Okay. And then our mom taught us both guitar as well. So that was kind of the first instrument we learned. Okay. And you guys, there's a quite a variety of, of musical instruments. I mean, you guys are... I guess you. I guess it would be considered mostly a country band, right? Is that the. Is, is there? I guess into that that broad category, we usually say Americana just because, like, what is kind of popularly known as country now is a little bit different. Yeah, I you know I agree because I don't. I'm not a big country fan as as at least as far as um, what you hear on the radio as far as country music is concerned now. Not big into like guys like Keith Urban, um, and he's pretty much the only guy I know at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Now, me personally, I love bands like uh, Woven Hand, Sixteen Horsepower, uh, Dead String Brothers, Clem Snide. You know, bands like that. They're a little different, a little off beats. So. Yeah. Tell yeah. me a little bit about the, the the music that you guys listen to. No, what, all right, before I guess before we start that, since we were talking about you guys growing up, what were you listening to when you grew up? You had a, a musical family, and you guys are from yeah. Louisiana, right? Yeah. Okay, so what were you guys listening to? Like uh, jazz, country? What, what was what was going on in the house when you guys were growing up? I'd say so. So growing up, there was a lot of gospel and bluegrass okay. like influence. So that's where we get a lot of our bluegrass influence and like old folk songs and. Things in that genre, like uh, like the Carter family songs, and and then into some Hank Williams and uh, okay. like Bill Monroe, as far as bluegrass. So in in our actual household, there was a lot of, of gospel and bluegrass. Um, as far as like the extension of the fam, the musical family, like on our mom's side, they play they all play a lot of Cajun music. Okay, well your your last name and, is Rayo, but it, it's R E A U X, right? Yeah. I spell right, that right? Yeah. All right. Good. Yeah. Good. And I had to ask. I I figured since you get the band's name is R A Y O, 
brothers. I figured that was a phonetic version of your last name, but I had to double check because yeah. uh, last thing I wanted to do was call you guys Rue and you know have a nice tasty <laughs> sauce or something. But right, which is delicious. Yeah, but <laughs> it is. yeah, it's hard to pronounce even even for people down here because the French pronunciation should be Roe, right. uh, but it's it's not because of the. Because of the way the name has changed over the years, I don't really have to get into our chronology. <laughs> or anything, but, but yeah, just suffice to say, Louisiana is a, a stew of many cultures, and so that's why our name ends up spelled that way and pronounced that way. And we tried to make it easy on the for the band name. <laughs> it works. So it it helped me out for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Now I noticed in in reading a little bit about you guys, and I've tried to do as much research as I can on you guys, but you guys are sneaky. Because everything that I've found has been stuff that's uh, publicity or your website stuff. So I'm mm-hmm. trying. I started doing a little bit of a deep dive and listening to some of your older stuff and, and trying to find some older interviews and stuff with you. And I did find something saying that you, when you guys are out and, and playing live, you'll do a wide variety of cover songs to supplement the original material that you write. And I did see something saying, and let me check my notes here. You guys will play songs like War Pigs by Black Sabbath or A Little Less Conversation by Elvis Presley. So we, okay, so a couple questions here. (laughs) First off, were you guys metalheads back in the, back when you guys were younger, listening to, growing up, listening to music? Uh we weren't personally uh, – our bassist uh, started out in metal, Jordan Ardwin. He was in a few metal bands actually before he started playing with us. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, no, we were never really into metal. I don't even remember why we ever started playing War Pigs. <laughs> I mean that's a song that, – that's a song – I guess it's popular enough. It's one – you know, even if you're not into metal, you would have heard that song. Um, oh, yeah. It's but, one of my favorite yeah, Sabbath songs. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to play, though. Actually, now, though, we don't play as many covers because now we have our our intention always was to once we'd have enough originals that we could fill a set with originals. And um, but at the beginning, when we didn't have as many of those, we would try to do like as we would try to play covers that were as interesting as possible. So like. We didn't cover that many like country songs. We like we didn't. I mean, we would play Wagon Wheel just because so many people would ask us to play it. But that was like the opposite of what we wanted to play because <laughs> because like we're trying to do something interesting. We we started out as much more of a acoustic band. Okay. Like now we've added a lot more elements. But when we started out, it was acoustic bass, acoustic guitar, and banjo, and and drums. So. Um, we were just trying to do something that was like pulling from completely different worlds into that, just so that people would have something interesting to listen to and not just another country folk band playing a country folk song. Yeah. I mean, it definitely makes your set a lot more interesting when they say, I saw these guys and you know, they're country folky Americana type of band, but Holy crap. They pulled out black Sabbath's war pigs. Yeah. With banjo. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man, do you guys have a, re- a recording of that somewhere? Because I've got to, I've got to hear that. Some garbage YouTube video from a bar, <laughs> oh. but I don't know. If it'd be worth hearing. Oh. No, actually, I, I actually do like our arrangement of it, and it's possible maybe some will try to record that. Um, I'm trying to think if we have any. Well, we are. I mean, no promises. I don't know how this is going to come out, but we just did a. <laughs> we just. Did fundraiser for our new album and one of the things that people could do is one of the perks they could get is getting a cover song oh wow. like we they pick a song and we would cover it and one of the ones we're going to do is um major tom by peter schilling oh damn it. i so, love that song <laughs> i don't know that it'll be a while before that we haven't even started working on arranging it yet and oh my gosh i guess i'm putting that out there and hoping that it doesn't sound like crap now but <laughs> <laughs> man I, first of all, I love that song, but to hear you guys do an arrangement of that, that's, that's going to be amazing. I'm excited. Now, is that going to be available to anybody or just the person who pledged it? Well, um, me and Dan both really like that song. And so we really want to make a good arrangement of it. The way we've done that in the past with that same kind of thing is like, we, we just make the songs for the people, but then if we really like it, then we release it. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. See any other takers on on the cover songs? Any other interesting requests? Yeah, uh, there's "Can't Tell Me Nothing" by Kanye West. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> what you know. Which we have we have played before. Yeah, I yeah. to play that live too. Really. I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta go down a, a rabbit hole with you guys because, <laughs> unfortunately, I haven't had the time to go through a, a, a huge rabbit hole. But now I'm, you, you've just tempted me, not even tempted me, you've almost dared me now <laughs> to go down a rabbit hole I'm, of Rayo Brothers. Actually, that one, that, that Kanye West song, I am 99% sure there is a version of that on YouTube if you look for it. Oh man! All right, so I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. So now don't play it on the podcast because I'm sure it sounds terrible. <laughs> well, no, again, no promises. So, okay. <laughs> now you guys are you the Rayo brothers. You're actually brothers. Yes. Are you guys competitive? Um, not. I mean, not when it comes to music, really. But yeah, just in in physical feats. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not trying to outright each other, but you know maybe. It'd be like push-up competitions or something, but yeah, but yeah. <laughs> we used to we used to both take Krav Maga together, um, <laughs> so we would do some sparring and that. But now, like, I just didn't have time to keep up with it, and now Dan is on to uh, jujitsu and uh, Muay Thai, and he actually started doing competitions and stuff. Wow! So I can't keep up anymore. <laughs> you know, that's so crazy because I listen to your music and it's so nice and sounds so sweet and and. Almost gentle and very so- soft and southern, and then you're beating the shit out of people. <laughs> so I, that, that doesn't that doesn't gotta let it gotta let it out somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess in a controlled environment, it's better than on stage, maybe unless unless you're yeah. rocking out to war pigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get a mosh pit going. 
Well, now I did notice something. I did see a video of you guys, and this is, I guess this is something I was going to ask a little later on, but I'll ask it now. Uh, I noticed you guys had a, 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 I don't even want to say a ritual because I only saw one video, where you ended a set and you ended up finishing up the show with uh, naked, wet chest bumps. Uh, is that something you guys do? Uh, that, yeah, naked, naked, wet, or well, bare-chested, wet chest sure. bumps. But not, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, were completely was, naked. Sometimes, sometimes it was wet if we were sweating, but it wasn't part of the tradition that it had to be wet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. It's usually the case. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a yep. happy coincidence. We called it shirtless chest bump. Was the official name? Okay, so. that's what it's not naked. All right, my my apologies. <laughs> just trying to keep this show at least R and not X. Yes, it was topless chest bump <laughs> at best. <laughs> but it was only the guys too. I noticed, so that that right, probably kept yeah. it you know, PG at least. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's let me ask you. And, and one of the stupid things about this show is that I just kind of bounce around because my notes are all over the place. So uh, you've got this is actually your third album. Am I right with it? I'm right with that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Third album. Um, and you've got some of your relatives playing on this album. So who's, who's playing and what are they playing and where are they from? Well, starting with our relatives, uh, is Louis Michaud, our cousin. He is, uh, with the band lost by ramblers. Right. Uh, they're a grand like progressive Cajun band that has, um, been able to branch out to other, you know, outside of just Louisiana because of their, really unique style and like high energy shows and music. And, um, he just started a record company, Nouveau electric records, which is where we're, we're releasing this record on that label. Oh, great. And he was also the producer for this album and he played fiddle, uh, and sang on, on, on yeah, a song called rye whiskey. Rye whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. whiskey, yeah. rye whiskey, rye whiskey, Right. And then uh, his his brother Andre, who's also in Lost by Ramblers, played uh, lap steel and accordion on the album. Oh well, okay, so that's where the lap steel comes in because that's one of my favorite instruments of all time. I absolutely, it's just such an emotive sound. It just it it gets me all every single time I hear it. So oh, it, yeah. it, there's all there's a song also with a horn arrangement, and that was really cool. I wasn't expected. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, and maybe I should have expected that, knowing you got it from Louisiana and the, and the whole uh, history of, of jazz in the area. But it, it kind of took me by surprise, and, and uh, it was really interesting. How did how did that come about? And when you do a song like that, I guess before I let you answer that part of the question, you guys don't tour with a horn section, right? So how do you, what do you when you write a song like that and you figure you're going to put horns on it? Is that is it in the back of your mind somehow that you, you've got to play this when you're touring and and how are you are you making an arrangement of it without horns and without and with horns at the same time? Yeah, well, that as far as like the touring aspect of it, we that doesn't really bother us too much because like I think we're fine with having things sound different on the album because like also we I mean we did bring in like another guy on pedal steel and uh, Nakia Young, Lyle Begno played pedal steel, Nakia Young 
played the string arrangements. And so we had, we did bring in a lot of musicians that aren't always able to travel with us on the road. Um, so we're okay with doing it differently. Like that song with the horn arrangement, when we play it live, we actually just do it with our mouths. Like we just like, oh, that's not awesome. like, not trying to sound like a trumpet necessarily, but just singing like that, those notes, like either saying la la or whatever, but like doing that arrangement. Oh man. Louder, like I had it in my head that you guys were making mouth noises like a, like a trumpet or something. Oh no. Like uh, that, no. Oh, okay. Still, that's still pretty cool. All right. No, no, no mouth trumpets, but all right. So we, we're, you guys aren't naked. There's no mouth trumpets. All right. Yeah. All these rumors you've been hearing, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys do anything different in the studio for this album that you didn't do for your first two or is, was the process fairly the same as, as the first two albums that you did? Uh, actually, it was a, a good bit different because m- m- the the majority of the song we would record live. So rather mm-hmm. than track each individual part by itself, you know, with, with just earphones, like we had the, the main parts of the band. So guitar, bass, vocals and drums, we would kind of everybody would kind of be like vocals would be in a separate room with glass so I could still see. And then drums have to be kind of behind glass, too. But then everybody was plugged in. And, and that way we were able to get a live feel because we could actually interact and see each other playing and like all play at the same time. And I, I think it really made a difference because because our live performances and our live shows is really what a lot of people follow us for, you know, and, yeah. and, and that energy. So we we're able to bring that into the studio. Well, it's got a great sound. I really, really enjoyed it. In fact, I was I was a little bummed when it end ended. And so you know, I was kind of hoping. I'm like, oh, check ten. Oh, damn, it's done. So <laughs> that's I, how we hope to keep sticking around for the next album. <laughs> yes, <laughs> leave exactly. You got to leave them so, wanting more, right? right? Yeah. Do the old Costanza. So I mentioned before, there's there's <laughs> there's a lot of whiskey drinking in this album. Was that conscious or because? I've noticed uh, in, in other bands, like certain recurring themes will happen, and sometimes it's drinking, sometimes it's shooting people, sometimes it's other <laughs> stuff. It w- was, I mean, was it just something that it's, it was just part of the writing process, or maybe something from your influences, or was it uh, just a theme that that you wanted through the album? I, it definitely wasn't intentional. Um, we had like kind of a bunch of songs I guess that we were working on and it it just so happened that these all kind of fit together and I'm, I don't know maybe one of the things that helped them fit together was kind of that theme that ran through a lot but uh, I guess also one thing that kind of maybe brought that element out even more was the one cover song on the album is like just about whiskey and the, the reason that <laughs> but the reason we did that one is because um Louis plays the French version of that song with some of his other bands. Okay. And so when we were doing live shows together, like he would jump on with us and play that song. And so it was just because we had that song in common that we would play together live sometimes. Like that's why that song ended up on the album. Uh, I guess it so it wasn't intentional that to have <laughs> that much <laughs> drinking. It just, I don't know why it worked. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a happy accident. Not- <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I noticed is that a lot of the album or a lot of these songs on the album, they may not start or maybe I guess the best way to put this is they, they end positively. It's it. It's like a uh, 
the characters in each each song, the the, the the person who's writing or singing the song that the main character is seems to be, have have some kind of issue, but finds a positive way to get through it. Uh, is that am I reading that correctly, or is that uh, just all in my head? Um, I guess so. I, to me, like just to kind of, uh, I, I don't know how much you got as far as we're able to find from research, but like Dan is the the main singer, so he's the lead vocalist on almost all of our songs. Okay. In the past, like for all of our other albums, he was also the main songwriter. I just happened to have a lot of songs on this album um, that I wrote. I mean, Dan still sang most of them. Has that competition um, thing going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, but just to say, uh, as far as the like talking about the lyrics on this album in particular, the way I see it, each song is kind of like one one snapshot and maybe if there is a progression to them, then I, I think that's good. Like, because for me, that's a really hard thing to intentionally do is to try to make a narrative inside a song that doesn't get cheesy because it because, you know, if you have a story where something turns, then like there has to be a reason for the change and it's hard. So I, if that shows up in the songs, I think that's probably good, but it, it wasn't really intentional because I, find it hard to pull that off. The only one I know for sure that there is that like kind of that turn in the song to, to be more positive is the title track victim and villain. Oh, which I love it that was, song. Thank you. Thank you. It was definitely in that one. As far as all the other ones, the way I conceive of them is like as being like one snapshot in time, like on a progression of time. Okay. But, uh, but and, well, Dan's song too, Dan wrote dark room. And that one I think does have also like kind of a, starting out in it or you want to talk about that one yeah and the, the song dark room I, I would say has ends with a positive sort of feel and i i think generally i do see a song as a like in a lot of the ones i've written i see it as a narrative arc in a way learn from it what i need of what and what not to be and i'll douse it in kerosene So yeah, the song "Dark Room" I'd say has a positive, like positive feel towards the end. Like he sort of figures out how to try to get her back, get the girl back, you know, without or what he, lighting what, the entire room on fire. Was that without lighting that entire dark room on fire? Because he's throwing kerosene on it. And <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I wish there were a way to do it without burning everything down. But... <laughs> Just selective arson. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I will say like Dan. Dan is much better at that at the narrative type of songwriting too. I was just saying I wasn't trying to say that that type of songwriting in general is cheesy, but just, just I I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't figure out. It's better than any song I've written. <laughs> <laughs> like when I'm when I'm writing about like a a certain feeling or a certain like snapshot I can think of ways where like I know what the turn should be like in like if it was in real life you know like mm -hmm. well this is the way the character feels this is I know that there's a way like I know what the right thing to do is here 
But then sometimes if I try to write that into the song, it just sounds like almost like preachy or like too like self-help or positive. And so, I, I mean, sometimes I guess it's able to work, but other times I try to just leave that alone and just let that one thing just stand on its own. Okay, so you, so, but so then you, it, you don't want it to be too positive because that's that's uh, some of the, your influence coming in, some of the outlaw country that you guys like coming in, right? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Some David Allen Coe coming in. Mom yeah, gets sure. out of jail. Dog runs away. What what the hell is that song? Yeah. Again? yeah <laughs> there is, we do have a good bit of influence from that genre, that area of country. Yeah, all the outlaws are favorites of ours. Well, like it, a lot of George. Things yeah, like that, too. Yeah, and, and it, I, it's it's funny because I can I can hear it musically more than, than lyrically, though. Because, like I said, lyrically, the songs are coming across to me as being positive where you know you i listen to a lot of and I, I shouldn't say i listen to a lot of but when i do hear david allen co or, or old whalen or, or or guys like that it's porter wagner they're not happy yeah those suckers are yeah. pissed off and sad and shit's always going wrong for them so your songs are, are a little more positive than than that so that's I guess that was, <laughs> I guess it's, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be positive, but I guess if it comes out that way, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, there's so much crap in the world as it is. Get some positive stuff out there. Yeah. I guess it's even better if you're trying to be depressed and it still comes out positive. <laughs> <than> that's... <laughs> that's a good point. That's, that's a good point. So you guys, you, your outlook on things is a lot different than Waylon and Willie and, and all that. So uh, that's probably yeah, I think so because, I mean, I guess just for both of us, like, I mean, I think a lot of the guys that wrote those songs really did struggle with, I mean, I'm I, I, like drug use and alcohol and addiction and all that was like, that was like a real part of all their struggles. And yeah. I mean, for us, I, well, I mean, I say speaking for myself, but really for both of us, like we do struggle with things, but not with necessarily with those things. So like we both, we're both the type of people that try to not like intentionally not engage in self-destruction and try to find a positive way, even though like you, like we have real suffering and real problems, but as much as possible, we try not to cause it to ourselves. So, well, that's smart. (laughs) So you, so you guys, you guys are more intelligent than the other than, than some of those guys to start off with. Well, we'll let you say that. <laughs> well, that's good because they're probably not coming on this show anyway. So, so how did you guys even get get started as a band? Um, it just it was just in a like from very young age. Like once we started playing music, like I I started playing uh, piano when I was eight. Jesse started playing guitar when he was five, which was Jesse's five years older than me. So okay. a long time. Ago. And our uh, the middle brother, the one between us, Asher, it was also playing with us. Okay. And we would just pick up instruments. And that's just what we did at home. We just not all the time, but there were always instruments. There was always music in the home. And we would just play, play together. We play as a family. Sometimes we'd play for like relatives and stuff at little gatherings and things like that. So when did you guys decide to make the Rayo brothers, R-A-Y-O brothers, uh, an actual full tilt band? Well, that was um, when I graduated from college. Um, I'm, I'm the older one. 
Dan had been writing some songs. And uh, so for my graduation party at my parents' house, we kind of had a party and I wanted him to sing some of his songs and me and our brother Asher would just play along. And so I I guess, I mean, I kind of see that as like where we decided to to kind of do that. Yeah. We kind of put on like a a bit of a concert just, and that was the first time we had done something like that with that level with like Dan's original songs. And then after soon after that, we started going to songwriter nights, like open mics and stuff. Oh, um, and when we did that, we would write on the sign-up sheet, R-A-Y-O, brothers, just so that the guy would say it the right way. <laughs> okay. And then we just never did anything different. <laughs> so you're, the middle brother, Asher, he's, is he musically inclined? Is he in a band now, or is he just off doing his own thing? Well, he, he is. He played drums and mandolin mostly and a little bit of bass, but he only played our very first gig with us, like our first, like, paying gig okay and right after that he he was already like signed up to join the police department and so right after that he started training and he works night shifts so he just didn't really he wasn't able to really keep up with it well that makes sense at that point we got um uh our friend lance Callahan to join in on drums and he would play at the beginning lance was also playing mandolin okay and um now he's just like full-time drummer our sound has changed a little bit and uh, we had our cousin Patrick playing bass at that time, but about a year after we started, or a couple years, Jordan started playing bass with us. Is that does that fill out the band? Just the four of you, or who else? Who yeah. else plays? And we've had like we've had people come and go at like um, kind of playing. It's sort of like a rotating cast. We um, we had a girl playing fiddle with us for a long time, and now we kind of have like either a pedal steel player or a violin player or like whoever's available or, I mean, like when we travel a lot, we usually just do four piece because it's, it's easier to travel that way. Oh yeah. But, um, when we get a festival gig or something, we'll have, um, guests join in on like, you know, whatever we, whatever we can get violin, fiddle, pedal steel, something like that. So the new album comes out at the end of March. Yes. Okay. Awesome. So are you guys working on, doing a tour for it, a regional tour, a national tour, a bunch of little different tours. How do you, how do you plan on supporting the album? Yeah, well, we have a tour going on like in the weeks, like right around the album release. We're going to be going uh, like Midwest and a little bit of the South, I guess, like Nashville, uh, Chicago, Lexington, Indianapolis, uh, a town near Cincinnati. Um, we're going to... <laughs> Just, we're gonna, like Chicago... Nashville, someplace near Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we're just going to say Cincinnati. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll keep it there. We're playing at a truck stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, um, wherever, wherever you can get a gig, man, take it. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll be playing uh, Texas and Colorado a little bit later in the year and, and planning to go up to the Northeast uh, after that. So. Oh. I'm hoping you guys can get a chance to come to the Virginia, D.C. area because your sound fits perfectly in this area. We would like to go like we haven't started doing anything. We haven't started booking that tour yet for the Northeast, but I I did want to start in that area like D.C. or Baltimore and then go up from there. So, um, yeah, we definitely want to play in that area. We haven't we haven't played on the East Coast yet. Um, Well, your sound, 
it fits perfectly with the air. There's a lot of you know bluegrass is really popular here. Your your Americana style of country is is huge in this area. There's a lot of uh, local bands will play something similar. You know they they won't go out on tour, but they'll you know a lot of the bands that come to the little clubs and just just go you know tour within a thirty mile radius kind of a thing. You know they'll play yeah. they'll play an Americana that that musically is similar to you guys and it's it it fits right in. I think. Uh, I think you guys would be would be a big hit around here. Cool. Well, I hope so. We're we're looking forward to going to that area. Uh, I'll keep an eye out for you guys because I'll come and check you out and uh, might be able to get a shirtless chest bump in. Backstage. <laughs> hey, that would be amazing. <laughs> I'll come. I'll, I'll come prepared, shirtless, and I'll wet. I'll, I'll get wet immediately. <laughs> I'll hold I mean, myself down. Isn't required, but you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it just happens. Yeah, you know, you got to let it go. You got to just kind of let it ride, see what happens. You know, that's 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 what outlaw country is all about. You know, just <laughs> taking those weird chances. You know, forget it. I'm not gonna. I'm not, I'm not gonna. No more sh- shirtless chest bump shit. That's I'm done with that. So anyway, all right. I'm gonna tell you guys my favorite songs off the album. I actually I love the the way you open it up, Colorado, and it, that the guitar in that is awesome. It's got this like. Lone Justice, like Shane Fontaine kind of sound on the guitar. I love it. It's 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 amazing. Uh, but my favorite song is definitely The Dream. Uh, victim and Villain are great, but I love The Dream. guys do it, that song is a, is a little bit different from the rest of the album the, the, the guitar is a little more almost i don't want to say shoegazy but it's got a little all like a little heavier yeah. shimmery maybe it's just it's yeah it's fantastic uh what did you guys do a little bit differently on that song that one we always end up doing one song on an album that's like that like pushes a little bit in that direction um like on our last album it was a song called maps to the moon where we kind of put some of that those elements in there. Yeah, so as far as the sound on that one, uh, we had we had my guitar <clears throat> going through, like the signal was split and uh, it was going through a tape machine on, okay. on one side. So it just had this like really like distorted, super long sustain. And then the other, tran- the other uh, half of the signal was going through my just my pedal board and a Vox amplifier, and the uh, the effects were like this. Uh, I forget what the pedal is called, but it it you can do like octaves and harmonies and stuff. And okay. so like everything playing had those like really high parts that were like you almost couldn't hear, but it's like the same you know like going all throughout that. So I had one one track was was just kind of playing it straight and playing the riffs, and then I just kind of played over for the the other guitar track which they're like split into left and right when you're listening to it okay and the other guitar track was just kind of really just kind of playing around with those effects and just kind of like swelling in and out and i mean it was really just like kind of playing around with it and having fun do you guys use a lot of effects because in in the genre that you guys sound like it's not really known for experimenting with a lot of effects pedals and things like that do you guys use a lot of effects not, not when we play live normally. Okay. Not that we're opposed to it. 
Um, we definitely would. Uh, like every now and then I, I've plugged in my banjo and run through like a, like an overdrive pedal or something for a particular song. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, I like it. It. I guess it's really just we're not it's not like we don't want to do that it's i guess it's really just like we haven't actually sat down and and tried to like hey or like decide are we going to like try to push this electronic thing because like the lost way ramblers for example i don't know if you if you're familiar with them but they started out as a traditional cajun band like all acoustic okay and then somehow they ended up with like i mean now you watch them to me it's still my favorite band to watch live and that's Louis Michaud's band. Okay. Um, but I think it's psychedelic punk Cajun. I think it's oh, about. Wow. Yeah, they've yeah. got like their <laughs> the fiddle awesome. is running through their fiddle is running through like a delay pedal and a really gritty amp, and they've got like a, a electronic drum. Uh, what do you call it? I, I'm not. I don't pad, know. Like yeah, pad. like they got drum pads and a real drum set. Oh, cool. And then. Their bassist uses tons of like fuzz and overdrive and everything. And they've got a, their guitarist is really does a lot of that like shoegaze type of stuff. And, um, the accordion, I, one of my favorite things is when the accordion like kicks on the whammy pedal and just like, it, I mean, it, it's like, it's really, it's like punk psychedelic. It's like hardcore punk rock psychedelic music, but with like this screaming fiddle and everything. It's, it's so much fun. In French. Yeah. But anyway, oh, so that, wow. Yeah. So, but anyway, so like just having that influence and like seeing those guys play all the time is really kind of, a, I, I guess in a way almost like gives us permission to where we, we feel comfortable. Like if we, if we ever did like get into our heads to do something like that, like we wouldn't, we wouldn't feel totally out of place doing it just because we've seen it done with acoustic folk music. That's, yeah, that, that's amazing. All right. I, so I'm in on, on the uh, Lost by You Ramblers. I got to, I got to check that out. Now. Yeah. You have to check them out. <laughs> Are you guys uh, gearheads? Do you guys collect a lot of uh, instruments or, or, or uh, recording gear or anything like that? I wouldn't say major, majorly, no. I, I mean, you probably are more than me. Well, Dan is actually building an amplifier right now. Which, <laughs> oh, but, wow. Uh, I do. I, I do uh, I'm just getting into sort of some of the uh, electronics of it. And, oh, man. Um, How did you get into that? I just – I'm a mechanic by trade uh automobile mechanic okay i've always kind of been more interested in the electrical side of things and so finally after i don't know several years of being in the band i like looked at my amp and like oh, i wonder how this thing works <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and so i started you know kind of trying to look it up and, and figure things out and so i bought a kit recently so i'm trying to build my own but that's where i'm at with that but other that's than that cool. like Personally, I've just—I wouldn't call myself a gearhead in that way. I've always just like, like, okay, this—I'll go play this acoustic guitar. It seems to work. You know, it feels good. It sounds good. You're like, hey, what model is that? I have no idea. You look in the back right here. <laughs> more in that lane myself, but I think probably the other guys are more into gear than I am. What about you, Jesse? You more into it? I really should be more into gear because like I, 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 a lot of times like I'll get these sounds in my head or these things I want to do and I just don't know how, how to get it done. I, I'm for me, I, I find it hard to like get into, well, especially anything when it comes to like the electronic manipulation of the signals, like all the, with pedals and stuff, it's, it's just not like intuitive to me really. And okay. I, 
and when I have when I have time like to practice and really get into things, I find so much more fulfillment in in like technique and in in just playing like I mean with just an acoustic instrument. So I should get into gear more, and I I I really can't call myself a gearhead because I'm like Dan too. Like I have my favorite guitar is a Gretsch, and I don't even know what the model number is. Oh um, man. Well, it's a good, that's a good choice, no matter what model it is. Yeah. I, I kind of like that you're not, because you know, if you're more into the feel, and it doesn't really matter what, what the model is, or what the make is. or Yeah, like the, the way I, I bought a banjo, so there's, there's no place down here. Banjo music isn't really big in South Louisiana. Oh, really? So, yeah, it's, well, because Cajun music is a different thing. Banjo isn't necessarily part of it. Okay. So there's nowhere to like, you can't just go to a music shop and like the only thing they'll have is like a starter banjo from Fender. So I had, I had a K banjo for a while, which was like kind of the Sears catalog starter banjo. And then the first time I think that we played in Austin, I went to like an actual, you know, like Austin music store. And because I didn't have any experience playing any like really nice banjos, I just grabbed like seven banjos that were in my price range and I took them into a room. They had these rooms where you could just close the door and play. It was like these little practice rooms. It's like a peep show, but for banjos. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I just played, like I just played them one after the other and then switch them around and like found the one that felt the best. And that's the one I bought, uh, because it's, it's really hard, especially when it comes to acoustic instruments it's it's hard to just read about it and figure out what's going on. You know, you kind of have to feel it and hear it and and see how it responds. And uh, yeah, so that like that's I guess kind of how we how we do things. Well, yeah, because there's not a whole lot of manipulation after the fact since it's all acoustic. You can't yeah. tweak your knobs. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. <laughs> you you can't mess around with things too much. There's only so many settings you can change on acoustic instruments. Yeah. I guess. So yeah. all right. I guess the last question I have, and, and I'll let you guys go for the night. I know I've kept you for a while, but what do you guys listen to on a day-to-day basis? Is there anything that I might find surprising? Can you go first? Hmm, surprising. Since you're not metalheads. <laughs> no. Um, I, I like. I really, really, really enjoy a lot of uh, big band and jazz and like uh duke ellington and, oh, and nice. things like um and also i'm into electro swing a good bit what the hell is that so it's <laughs> like okay so the way i always have to describe it is the cantina music from star wars oh okay <laughs> and then everyone knows what i'm talking about but, but yeah, there's, there's like there's bands that just always play like that kind of music that's called electro swing so is it? Okay. a lot of like samples from old like andrew's sister's songs and stuff <laughs> And then uh, dub it over like electric, electric beats, electronic beats, EDM things like that. Okay. And yeah, I really enjoy that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up because that's that sounds crazy. Yeah, it's it's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bring it'll bring me back to my days at Moss Eisley. All right, Jesse, what about you? Man? Um, anything weird? I, I think I, um, I don't know about. Well, I guess probably the weirdest thing. It's not even that weird, I guess, but I, I listen like only when I work out do I listen to any like hard rock music or anything. I, I really like uh, Rammstein. Oh my gosh! Uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, wow. But I only listen to that kind of stuff when I work out. I do enjoy it, but 
I've been listening to a lot of classical music lately. I've always been in because I, I t- took classical six years. And uh, so I've always been into classical music and, you know, kind of more or less at different times in my life. But now I'm I'm kind of more into it at this point, too, just listening to it. OK. All right. Yeah. Well, where can people find you guys on social media and where can they find the album? All right. Well, uh, R-A-Y-O Brothers. If you do at Rayo Brothers on any social media that that we're on, then you'll find us. Uh, We're on uh, YouTube. We have a website, RayoBrothers.com. And look out. Look for those, you know, crap quality covers. Uh, Don't look for those. Don't look for those. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I think a, a lot of the the most uh, the most offensive uh, videos of us playing live were taken by other people, and so it's not on. <laughs> not on our, but um, actually, just I don't know when this podcast releases, but just today, as we record this, our first single came out. Uh, it's called "Lips Like Wine." It's the first single that's going to be released on this album. That is out now, um, so you can find that on YouTube. Awesome and. Um, yeah, the album is going to be out on March 29th on Nouveau Electric Records. Uh, we're also going to have a Bandcamp page that will come up whenever that album's available. Nice. Uh, so yeah, if you just look for Rayo Brothers, you'll find us. Well, we'll I, be on iTunes, Spotify, and all that stuff. Oh, awesome, awesome. Well, I like, and vinyl, vinyl, too. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Awesome, I like that. So, a, lot of, a lot of collectors will be able to pick up your stuff. I just had a DJ on. Maybe we'll get him one of your vinyl records, and he can... Uh, do some scratching with some Rayo Brothers and uh, yeah. yeah, remix exactly. <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty sweet. You guys jump in the electronic music genre with your Americana music. Yeah, I've been waiting to make the jump for a while now. <laughs> well, obviously, I mean, you like you like Moss Eisley Cantina music, so that that makes total <laughs> sense. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it, and you know, best of luck with the album. That's great. Thank you. Black and white movies and talks about Shakespeare Aroma of wine on a warm summer night I don't know where this kiss is gonna take us All that I know is it feels just right achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, 
the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.